Space, the wealthy frontier. And thankfully it is. Good for us. Good for everybody. Hey friends, welcome to the Press Club C Podcast. I'm Ray Keating. In this 61st episode, let's talk William Shatner, a.k.a. Captain Kirk, along with assorted billionaires heading off to space. But before getting into this, let's quickly answer that key question once more. What the heck is the Press Club C anyway? So each letter stands for stuff we talk about. P is for politics. R is for religion, mainly Christianity. E is for economics. S is for sports. That second S is for stories, books and writing, my own books, other books, etc. Uh, C is for culture, pop culture and otherwise. L is for life, the big catch-all. U is for understanding, lessons and things like history and economics. And B is for business and entrepreneurship. And finally, that C in Press Club. C is for, for conservative. Why? Because I am one. And again, as I've said over and over, we have to be very clear as to what kind of conservative we are these days. So I'm a Reagan, Kemp, Buckley, Coolidge, Lincoln, Madisonian kind of conservative. Now, having said all that, let's go to space. Let's go to the final frontier. So uh, my column, uh, one of my recent Keating Files columns, uh, leaped off from William Shatner going to space. And I I had to say this... um, it reminds Shatner when it, when it was announced that Shatner was going to space, right? Um, first off, I said, man, Bill Shatner gets to do all the cool stuff in life. It's Captain Kirk, uh, TJ Hooker, <laughs> uh, so on and so on. But I thought of, of Dean Martin's, uh, what he said or what he reportedly said once about his buddy Frank Sinatra. He said, it's Frank's world. We just get to live in it. Um, and, I, you know, I periodically think that that's the case. Uh, with William Shatner in terms of what he's up to. Uh, the guy's 90 years old and he's doing all sorts of stuff, um, including apparent, including he went to space. So therefore I, I often think that it's Captain Kirk's world and we just get to live in it. Um, and again, that was reinforced by, by Shatner heading off um, courtesy of Jeff Bezos's blue origin on October 13th to become the oldest person ever again, at 90 years old, to journey into space. So I say, you know, cheers to Bill Shatner. Good for him. Fantastic. Um, and to to go down the Star Trek rabbit hole for a minute, now maybe Paramount should open its eyes and get a clue, come to its senses, whatever phrase you want to use, and follow Bezos's lead and put Shatner back in space as Captain Kirk. One more time. I mean, my goodness, the guy, he did just release a movie that he did was just released. So there's no reason why you can't have Bill Shatner at, at 90, uh, still doing something in a Star Trek movie or show. Um, you know, I mean, Paramount's screwed the pooch, if you, as they say on Star Trek in so many ways, I think in recent times. Um, and quite frankly, it goes back to that egregious, death of Captain Kirk in 1994's Star Trek Generations. Ugh. Anyway, all right, so let's stop with that. Um, now, the reactions to Shatner's trip were have generally been pretty positive, except, again, to go down back down the Star Trek rabbit hole 
Except for George Takai, who took all sorts of nasty swipes at Shatner. Those guys really don't like each other. Um, but, you know, you talk about unnecessary. I mean, my goodness. George, give it a rest. Um, anyway, but there have there have been criticisms as well. And uh, although not as many criticisms as, you know, whatever it was a few weeks or months earlier. When the billionaires uh, journeyed to space. Um, so you've got Jeff Bezos, you've got Virgin Galactic's uh, Richard Branson, uh, Elon Musk's SpaceX, um, and, you know, the, the idea of billionaires going to space and having space businesses just among the usual suspects triggered uh, the envy response and triggered their economic ignorance. Um, so I wrote the column related to this and I'm doing this podcast before these, these ace anti-space or anti-space entrepreneur rants become accepted wisdom. You know, um, they shouldn't be, uh, again, they're, they're rooted in envy. And when it comes to the economics, they're rooted in largely zero sum thinking and basically rooted in both, um, you know, hand in hand. Which is often the case with bad economics. Envy often comes into play and certainly zero-sum thinking. So, you know, again, one one should wonder why the critics don't care when government ventures into space or they care very little or at the opposite extreme, they get all goo-goo about it. You know, they love it. But they become downright hostile when you know, space travel is undertaken by wealthy individuals in the private sector. Um, you know, why? I mean, after all, these, as I call them, spacefaring individuals are using their own money, right? Whether they're entrepreneurs with the businesses, whether investors, passengers, um, rather than undertaking space ventures completely funded by others who have no real say, meaning... Who? Yeah, the taxpayers. Um, what are you? What are you picking on individuals that are doing it uh, privately? What you know, or mainly with private dollars? What, what are you picking on them for? Um, I, I think number one, they don't understand how wealthy people become wealthy. Right? They, they become wealthy by earning it in the marketplace. How do they do that? Well, golly, they provide goods and services that others need or want. Um, but again, the critics, the folks that are out front on this stuff of criticizing, uh, if you want to call it billionaires in space, uh, don't understand these ba basic, uh, economic realities. Um, you know, ba again, based on envy, they assume that, that wealth merely exists, right? Um, and it exists so that government can tax it and then turn around and ramp up spending on what they want, their political preferences. Um, and of course, along the way, they, they ignore, uh, they turn a blind eye to government's unwavering ability to, uh, waste money, um, to be inefficient and to fail. Um, they also ignore the basic right or freedom that people have that, you know, when they, they go out and earn money, uh, they they can turn around and spend it as they see fit. Um, 
But instead, the critics, you know, have taken this instance and some critics have even taken this instance and said, well, clearly, you know, it's obvious that, you know, these billionaires are going off to space. So this is a good reason to tax them. Let's tax the wealthy even more. So that envy thing comes into play. Um, they also miss other, you know, economic fundamentals. Um, they tend to, they, they really don't clue in as to, I don't know if you want to call it the life cycle, but how new products tend to go when they're introduced into the marketplace, right? You got something brand new, it tends to be very expensive. And it's the wealthy, therefore, who are able to, to dive in first. They have the money to purchase the product, the good, the service, and use it. And then guess what happens? More innovation, more, more efficiencies, competition drive the cost down. And at the same time as the, the costs come down, this is one of those great miracles of, of the, uh, the free market. As the costs come down, quality enhances, right? So you're getting more for less. Um, and for space travel, uh, that will not only mean that it becomes more affordable, right, than what it is now, but it also becomes safer to the point of, I have little doubt, you know, the equivalent of taking, you know, an air, what it's like taking an airplane trip uh, today. Uh, now, the other thing is, is that when it becomes more affordable and safer and more commonplace along the way, guess what? These other, well, other entrepreneurs come along and create entirely new space-based industries and companies they offer goods and services that are largely unimagined today. Um, and, and this isn't just, this isn't unique to space. This is how uh, things go here on earth and have long gone in the free enterprise system here on earth. This is how opportunity is expanded, how economic growth occurs, um, you know, and along the way, creating new wealth, higher incomes, expanded consumer choices, more jobs. You know, just like on Earth, space is not a place for zero-sum thinking. Um, so these are all things that are that are missed, ignored. But you know, um, envy can can uh, can create some serious blinders, to say the least. And also, arguing—this is the other thing—and we've heard this, quite frankly, even going back with NASA and so on, and all the way back into the '60s. But you know, space travel means ignoring earthbound problems, right? Um, and it gets, obviously gets ramped up when it's private space travel. Cause again, these folks tend to like government, you know, so, um, so earthbound problems won't get solved or aren't being solved and opportunities here on earth get pushed aside. Um, so what do we take away from this? Well, we can't possibly walk and chew gum at the same time, right? That's just not possible. <laughs> Again, there is an ignorance here, uh, very much along the lines of the zero sum thinking great ideas and opportunities on earth. You know, let's be clear about this. will not be grounded, uh, because some entrepreneurs and investors also see opportunities in space. Um, so, and again, what, and, and you've got that unforeseen, uh, additional tremendous benefits that can flow from, from what the today's on space entrepreneurs are seeing, right. And ex you'll see other entrepreneurs expand that wildly. So 
um, you know, th- those complaining loudest, again, tend to favor undertakings that are informed by their politics. Um, and they're the ones that, you know, long for more taxes to fund these various governmental uh, escapades. So, you know, I, I, I closed out the, the column, at least, and I, I asked, is space the wealthy frontier? Well, yeah, it is for now, right? Um, but because you have people like Bezos and Branson and Musk, and there are other space entrepreneurs, um, that they're the early, early folks in this, right. Uh, willing to take on the initial uncertainties, face tremendous risks and, and make investments, um, despite all of that, right. They see opportunity. They're really dreamers that are seeing uh, the potential here. Um, and, and as a result, it'll become far more commonplace and affordable, again, as innovations and efficiencies make it safer and more affordable, et cetera, um, uh, for the rest of us to journey to space, right? Uh, to create space-based businesses, space-related businesses, or, or to, to work in again, space-based or space-related industries. And, you know, people will look at this today and, you know, what? What? so many people say, oh, that's kind of crazy talk, right? You know, that's kind of goofy. But that's always been, that's always the case with entrepreneurs, right? Um, people, people that aren't entrepreneurs, they aren't the visionaries, they're the ones that say, oh, that's ridiculous. And then it becomes a reality and the same folks say, well, I was obvious. You know, why didn't someone think of that before? So the, the process and challenges of entrepreneurs, they don't change, whether it's here on Earth or whether it's a journeying off uh, into the stars. Um, you know, as, as someone who studies entrepreneurs and is an economist, uh, but also is interested in space stuff, I'm not, I'm not quite sure which excites me more. Um, the idea that... Uh, you know, just the entrepreneurial process always excites me and interests me. Uh, and now you're, you, you have people where we're seeing the, the, the results of entrepreneurs turning to the stars, uh, with those, with their vision. Uh, and that's exciting stuff. Uh, combining entrepreneurship with the ability, the technology to go to space. Good stuff, uh, is on the horizon folks. I like it. Um, and, Anytime uh, Bill Shatner's involved, um, not anytime, but most of the time, that's always fun and exciting. And it's fitting that Captain Kirk truly got to go to space. Folks, thanks for listening. Uh, your feedback and suggestions are welcome. Please check out my various endeavors and books, uh, including uh, The Keating Files, uh, my other podcast, Free Enterprise in Three Minutes, uh, The Daily Dose of Disney. If you like Disney stuff, go over to DisneyBizJournal.com. we got analysis and commentary and reviews there. Uh, please check out my nonfiction books, collection of essays behind enemy lines available at amazon.com signed books at RayKeatingOnline.com. Also free trade rocks again, uh, Kindle and paperbacks over at amazon.com signed books at RayKeatingOnline.com. And please uh, check out my pastor, Stephen Grant thrillers and mysteries. We're up to 15 now, more on the way. Another series, a different series is on the way on the fiction front. But 
Uh, check out, please check out the Pastor Stephen Grant books. Again, one more time, paperbacks and Kindle editions at Amazon.com, sign books at RayKeatingOnline.com. Thanks so much for listening. I really do appreciate uh, your feedback, um, your support. God bless and take care.